Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kime Report wherever you get your podcasts. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Today, I'm joined by the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein, as we take a look at where the commanders are after the first week of free agency. Now, keep in mind, their offseason moves include overhauling their offensive staff. But I want to talk to Bram to see what he thought about some of the first week moves, signing Jacoby Brissett, for example, Andrew Wiley, Nick Gates, Cody Barton, um, picking up Cam Dancer, all those moves. Where are the commanders at now? Have they improved? And I know what all the others in the NFC East are doing. It's a, it's obviously we're at a very early part in the, in the off season. So do not panic. I do know, we all know that they have some work to do. So Bram and I get into all that. Before I get there, Let's go over a couple things. And I know it was kind of a wild weekend of speculation on social media. I'm not going to sit here and speculate because I think it's a lot of the stuff that's come out is complete BS. So I'm not going to add to it. What I can tell you is we know Dan Snyder is going to sell. It's not a matter of if he's going to sell. He's going to sell. We don't know to who yet. That's not official. Nothing is official. So as of when I'm talking right now. So that's what we know. And the other thing to keep in mind, he cleared out his offices in December. The story that he cleared them out, he did not clear them out recently. There's no connection to when he's going to sell to when he cleared out his offices. That was done in December. Keep that in mind. So I think there's a lot of premature speculation about what's going on with this sale. And just keep, you know, when, when the sale is over, we'll let you know. And that's what I have to say really about that. Again, a lot of guesswork. Um, as one person involved told me, he said, if somebody, if somebody keeps throwing stuff out there, eventually they're probably could be right. And so, uh, but do you credit them? Cause like, well, you've been saying this for whatever, like you did you really know, or did you just take a guess? Because there's only a couple names that are involved here. Um, and then the same person said, who was involved in the situation said he talked to someone yet last night who was putting some stuff out there. And he goes, dude, if you had just called me, I could have saved you from looking like an asshole with the information you put out there. So take a deep breath, relax. It's going to get done at some point. When it does, check it out. It'll be on ESPN.com, where I obviously will be writing the story. It'll be all over the place with others in the local media, the Washington Post. It'll be all over. So just take a deep breath. And let's not get too wrapped up into certain things. We do know the owners' meetings are coming up in a week. We do have heard that the owners would obviously like to have this wrapped up or at least something announced before it gets to that point. Doesn't mean that Dan Snyder's on the same timeline as the owners for their desire to not have this sale talk dominate their league meeting. So we'll see. But again, deep breath. And when it's done, because to me, the only thing that matters here isn't if he's going to sell, it's who is he going to sell the team to? That's what we can't say. And so there you go. Anyway, the other last piece of news that I want to get into is linebacker Drew Tranquil, a guy that was on their radar. They did talk to him. He ended up signing with Kansas City late last week. So he's a guy that they were definitely interested in because he could play the strong side and the line as a linebacker. 
So it just kind of gives you a clue as to the kind of linebacker they're still looking for to pair to go with Barton and Jamin Davis um, as guys who are key parts in the rotation. I don't know that this would be a starter type, but it's certainly a guy who could be who is more quality backup, if nothing else, than what they've had the last couple of years. Could be in the draft. It could be done after the draft. As I told you last week, they're really kind of onto that third wave of free agency in their minds. And so that's, that's what you, that's what you're going to kind of get there. And again, when guy when teams are, they're going to cut guys after the draft. It's when they picked up Charles Leno, for example, when the bears drafted a tackle and they got rid of Leno. So that's, that's another wave of free agency that they could pick up someone else who can fill one of those roles for them. And then of course the draft. So there you go. That's it for me. Now, here's my conversation with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. Did you know the largest ropes course in Zipline Park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, zip lining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME23DC. Graham, we're sitting here talking on March 17th, and I know some people are like, you know, have they improved? Are they any better? <laughs> I keep telling you, there's a long way to go here. But this is a measuring stick for the first part of the offseason, and that's like the, this is like a quarter point of the, of the offseason. So based on what we know so far, where do you think this team is at after on March 17th with many months to go? Uh, I came in, I think last time we talked, we talked about this, like I kind of came in after the season and looked at the whole, you know, picture and thought, I don't think this is, they can get everything they want to get done in one off season. No. Um, but there's, cause there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of holes to fill and there's only so many that you're going to be able to fill. And then obviously some of the things that you plan to happen won't Taylor Heineke is an example of that. Uh, Cole Holcomb, I think is an example of that where they did lose a couple of people that they would like to keep. Um, but they did have answers at both of those, you know, spots. And we can talk about that. Yep. Um, to me, the biggest issue coming into free agency was, are they going to address corner? Are they going to address O-line? Are they going to address both of them? Um, and how heavily are they going to address O-line? Because I think those two positions are the ones that telegraph what they're going to do in the draft at 16. And um, clearly by not going after, a higher tier, more expensive corner, it leaves on the table that if the right one is there, that I think that they would take them. And while they did get, I think, you know, upgrades, um, one in the interior O-line and one, I think, definitively necessary on the exterior with Andrew Wiley, 
Um, I don't think they're done there either. So this kind of goes back to my original premise that like, I don't feel like that they could literally do everything that they need to do to really feel comfortable at all spots on the field. But I think they're off to a really good start. So I would, so like to your original question, like, where are they? I'd say after, you know, the first week of free agency, um, I see the direction. I think they understand their needs. I think they address them aggressively. I think they got some pretty good deals and I think we're off to a good start, but they're far from done this off season. And I think the other thing to keep in mind, you have to include in there the addition, the changes on the offensive staff, because that's part of where if, if there is improvement, part of that, a big part of that is going to come from what the enemy does as an offensive coordinator and how this new staff is and what Sam Howell does. The big thing, the two words I heard the most throughout this process and have heard the most offseason is roster building, roster building, roster building. So when you look at it, like, did you like the strategy or would you have liked them to go spend 18 or 20 million on Orlando Brown and lock up a tackle? Or do you like spreading it out? Um, I think I'm all right with the spreading it out part of it at this point. I, you know, partially I, I, I was primed for you or two that they weren't going to do that. Right. So knowing that, you know, going in, I think it's better for me, you know, for, in terms of expectations to understand where they are in those type of financial commitments. Um, so knowing that they weren't going to do anything like that and they would rather spend the money on their own, which they did with Deron Payne and probably will have to with cam curl in the near future and then have a couple more down the line that they have to talk about. Um, I'm not surprised about that. So I think maybe being primed for the likelihood that they're not going to spend um, on the top tier free agents, I think helped me understand their direction. Um, and, you know, frankly, like this organization and Rivera as a general manager slash, you know, football operator, um, he's actually gotten it more right with these more deals than he has with the bigger swings, frankly, right. like they seem to be able to find the fit guys at the low tier numbers that actually perform very well for them. There's been a lot of um, examples of that. Logan Thomas was a hit. JD McKissick, unfortunately hurt now and, and off the team was a hit, you know, the first couple of years that they had him. Uh, Rush Schweitzer was a hit yeah. for them Just at a health. lower tier number. And so I I'll buy into it. And I, I, you know, because we played the giants twice late, I got to see Nick Gates and I thought that was, that was my favorite signing of what they've done him. so far. Yeah. Not only was it really necessary, but I think he's versatile and I think he is definitively an answer at center for them and the type of center that I think they're looking for. Right. And I think, you know, the other thing is too, and when I look at the signings again, and this is how it was always explained too. Like if you go out and spend big on player X, whoever it is, and I always use Orlando Brown, or let's say it's McGlinchey or McGarry or tackle at right tackle. If you do that, you don't, you're not addressing linebacker because you can't afford somebody there. Maybe you still get Bart made, but you may have to go lower than three and a half million a year for one year. You're not getting Jacoby Brissett and you're also not getting Nick Gates. So are you better with just that one guy and not addressing the other spots? Or are you better with the Jacoby Brissett as your backup possible starter and then Nick Gates as well? And, and you know, Cody Barton. That's part. That's also yeah. what you have to look at when you. And the yeah. other thing, Bram, too, is everybody kind of talk about the cap is not a myth. It's not a myth. You still have to adhere to it. And there are things that there are teams that you can do things financially to spread things around. But at some point, you are bound by that salary cap. Yes, and um, you know, I think this is a year where it's interesting because you know there's probably going to be a new owner here. Um, and Ron Rivera will be going into the final year of a contract next year. So this is a big year. And 
they're betting on, you know, low end money wise quarterbacks. So that's interesting yeah. because it leaves them in the position of if they have a hit in Sam Howell, that they're going to look really good heading into free agency next year to spend about the, right. in the ways that we would expect them to without knowing how a new owner wants to deal with that. Cause I right. think that's, it's unfair to try to guess what, what, how they're going to feel about spending. Right. But you know, most new owners like to make a splash. So they may have an opportunity to do that. If Hal's a hit, if they're not, we're going to be talking about the top tier quarterbacks again is what we're going to be talking about. So this is a really interesting year to find out where they are, but it's a hedge bet for Rivera who hedge bet, on a veteran the last couple of years flipped and has gone to a young inexperienced second year player, but likes what he sees and we'll see where we end up on the other side. But I do think it does set them up for options next year. If Hal is a hit, they're in incredible shape next year. If he's not, then we're going to be talking about the Lord, the Lamar Jackson's of the world and, or the Derek cars or the Jimmy Garoppolo's or whoever it may be next, next uh, January, February. Yeah, and that's that was a big thing too. Is is the wanting to do something with Howell's contract, and that allows them to keep a Duran Payne and extend it, and then possibly because I know they're going to want to extend Cam Curl and probably Montez Sweat. I think everybody else has a wait and see. So I think those are the guys that you'd want to extend, and it allows it gives them that flexibility to do that. And again, well, you know, everything Bram comes down to how well does Sam Howell play. It really, yeah, and, and now I will say, I think you have a really good option behind him, but it, a lot of it comes down to Sam Howell. How does he play? Yes. I like this, this remains um, clearly, there was a lot of eggs put in Wentz's basket last year. And I think a lot of eggs are being put in Hal's basket <laughs> this time around. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, I agree, was like next best thing they could have done if they couldn't get Heineke to come back because they got a guy who can play which was what my concern was at the price level that they were shopping in for a backup quarterback that they're going to get somebody if he has to play or is not really competition or if he does beat out Hal, that's a really bad sign. Now we have a real competition again, but I do believe the eggs are in Hal's basket. The object is to see him win the job, thrive in the job to whatever degree that means, and then feel very good about going into next year with a lot of room to spend to improve your roster internally and externally. But it does come down to that. Um, and you know, every time I, you know, read something projecting out what they're going to do, I don't know how anybody knows, like he hasn't played enough in my opinion to really render any kind of judgment. So this is, this is going to be a very intriguing spring and summer one, because I think he's in a real competition now. Like I didn't think he was if Heineke came back, but I do think he is now. And, and so let's see how first, how the team treats that. If this is truly an open competition, and we'll know early because we're not blind and we'll be able right. to tell who's really winning stuff like this. And then we'll get to the summer, but the object is for how to win it. We know that it just at this juncture, because of things that have happened over the last week with Heineke leaving and Brissett coming in, which to me is an upgrade at the position. Yeah. You suddenly have put yourself in a position where you outwardly said there was going to be a competition. Well, you got one now. Right. And that's what I was going to ask you too, like how you view the, because obviously Heineke was going to be the guy. They didn't want to go above five million. They paid more on one year to get Brissett. So how do you view that? How much of an upgrade do you think that is? And because I definitely think it is, and I think it's somebody. And it's the other part that I think is funny in this brand that there are people who didn't want Heineke back only because they worried that the fans might chant his name if Powell throws a pick. Like my point is, like they were doing that last year because they didn't believe in Carson Wentz. People like and want to see Sam Howell succeed, but. Having said that, 
Jacoby Brissett is a much is a stronger option to supplant him. And it's not so much what the fans are saying. It's what the players inside the locker room are saying. And if he's not getting it done in practice and Jacoby Brissett is, what do you think is going to happen? So like, this is really, I mean, as of, you know, four or five days ago, time we're taping this, they were engaged in negotiations to bring Heineke back. Like they right. were trying to get him to come back and they and he wanted hit to the open back. market. I don't blame Heineke for wanting to hit the open market. He's 29, 30 years old now. He's his career came back from the dead. He needs to make he needs to maximize his earnings. So I just really I don't blame him once, you know, one bit wanting to see what's out there. He's going home. And you know, like in the end, there was a limit they were willing to go to. But to me, it was always like, okay, but if you're not willing to, you know, go a little bit beyond what you're comfortable with with him, what's the option on the other side? And the option on the at, at this price point. And at the option on the other side, I think they did really well in, I would describe it as scurrying to find the next best thing, but they ended up paying more than they wanted to for Heineke, you know, like, so did they get an upgrade at the position? Yes. Did this turn into a real competition now because they got him? Yeah, it did. So if they were like saying, Sam Howell will have every opportunity to win the job, wink, 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 when Taylor Heineke comes back and he's going to win the job. Well, now that he's not here and you have a quarterback who had, in my opinion, his best season last yeah, year yeah. before he was taken out because Deshaun Watson, you know, was off of his suspension. Well, guess what? Like he could legitimately lose the job now. And I know how this goes in the locker room. And we saw it in real time last year. The players know the players want to give them the best opportunity to win in the end. For a while, that was Heineke. It's what made everything at the end of the season really uncomfortable because they were losing, but they liked this guy, but the coaches need to look at Wentz because he makes this money. And all of a sudden, it, it makes a very, very, very difficult decision. Like, if Brissett is clearly outperforming him in the summer, he's going to start if they're being honest about what this competition is. With mm -hmm. Heineke was back, I, you know, not that it would be quote unquote rigged, but we all know what the outcome would ex be expected yeah. to be. Mm -hmm. And if they were close on the field, how's going to get the opportunity now he has to beat a legitimate competitive person next to him. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting in the spring and the summer. Yeah. And I don't think it became like a problem in the locker room last year, as far as like guys being divided. I think what they knew is, player X or QBX is not getting it done. You've got to find out. I think I will say like the first time with Wentz before he got hurt, I think it was trending in a way where there, I think guys were like, he's, you know, they're, they're still on board, but he's lost. He had the support had greatly waned. And yeah. so I think if he, had, I think if he had continued like that and they didn't make a change, you would have had a problem. And with, with Heineke, they started to see like that while they like him, you know, like you would hear stuff like they guys knew what level he was at. It was just yes. a matter of like, who's best in this case, though. I think with Brissett, if he's outperforming him in practice and doesn't play, I think you have a problem. So I think yes, they, you're going to do too. See that. Yeah. I mean, I, it depends how you define problem. Like if he's well, yeah, right. playing they'll, better, they'll want, yeah. and, you know, like, again, this, this goes back to, I know a lot of times, like I hear these things about what people think the players think. And like, this is one of those where they like this guy, i.e. therefore he wants to play actually, no, they want to win. Correct. Like really in the end, they, they want their, like right. the same thing when I, whenever I hear this time of year, nobody wants to sign there because X, Y, or Z. And I go, no, they'll sign there for money. 
And that always, right. That's what it always comes down to. And always. I know people don't want to believe that, but it's the truth. Like I've been around this too long. Yeah. This is how this stuff works. And with Heineke, like, look, they loved what he brought in the locker room. They love him as a person. He galvanized them. That I feel that's very, very, very important. Chemistry really, really matters. Like I, I believe that it matters, but it was running out of gas and trust me quietly. They're acknowledging that. And they know that, and they knew it was hard to win with him. And you know, I think there was a point where his body had taken a little more punishment than I think that he was prepared for. And the offense stagnated badly. And I don't really think that's all on him. I think there's a lot there. Like, Correct. I don't think philosophically they were all on the same page. No. And I also don't think they did him any favors with the unit that they had in front of them. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of injuries and a lot of moving parts, but that was something they made their bed with. So I'm glad they're rectifying this. And I do think Jacoby Brissett as a talent is a higher level, quote unquote, backup or competitive starting quarterback. I do think Brissett's better in that way. But, you know, there is this part of me that goes like, and then maybe I just like, I don't know. I'll love Heineke forever. So there's, there's this part of me that just goes like, God, like he just, he's, he's great memories. I wasn't sure I was ready to break up with them yet. It was like that type of thing. Yeah. Like that's really what it was. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people enjoyed Heineke's. It was a good story and all that, but you also know what level he was at. And we were, you know, for two years, it was high end backup, low end starter. And that's, yes. that's what he is. And so, you know, it doesn't mean you're blind to things. And there were some players who, who wanted to cast him aside in 2021, who were calling for him in 2022 because they didn't think the other guy was getting it done. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think players, like you're right, players want to win. And and again, in free agency, you know, what's funny is like, even the issues with the facilities, players don't visit these places anymore before, before they sign. They're getting an offer and they're signing with the best offer on Zoom or, uh, you know, just getting a, you know, an email from their agent or whatever. They're not like guys aren't visiting places anymore. So it's, there's it's a so lot of things that there's a lot of things that people think are factors in signings. And I always say like the, the number one factor is always money. And then organization, like, is it, are you going to the Patriots or are you going to the, you know, what, who are you going to? And are you Patriots with Tom Brady? You going to, you know, the Rams with they're coming off a of Super Bowl, And so you got, or you come in here, but if the money is there, they're going to go to the money. And then it's location is a big issue. You know, I've never heard anybody say it's a like, lot of things. Tyreek yeah. Hill wanted to play at Miami. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson would be on a NFC South team right now if it wasn't for the fact that Cleveland gave him the contract he wanted. Because right. that's the part of the country he wanted to live in. Right, like, right. Like these guys are human too. Like they're gonna make decisions that they feel are in their best interest. I gotta tell you, since you mentioned the whole NFLPA thing, I just really feel like that was a massive mistake by the union to publicize it. Like, I think internally. It's fine to do that. And I think for the purpose of agents and players and teams to have information about how, you know, their workforce feels about the conditions of which they're working in, I think that matters. But blasting every team, like it felt, I gotta be honest, it felt really entitled in a lot of ways. And I'm not just saying this because Washington ranked really lowly. Go look who else ranked really low. Like yeah. teams that win. Yeah. Kansas no. City, Tampa Bay just won a Super Bowl. And like, I'm just sitting there like reading this going, wait a minute, like you you just you played on a team that's been in the Super Bowl like three times in the last four years, and you're complaining about being there. Why is that? Oh, because their training facility is old, or you don't like this, you know, hot tub. Like, I, why would you publicize something like that? Like, I get the purpose of doing it and the purpose of internally 
sending this information to a team to say, listen, players don't like this about your organization. You might want to think about fixing it. You know, little things, especially like we don't have daycare on game day. That seems a big deal. And like, but that can be fixed. Did that need to be publicized that you said something like that? Like, I don't know. And then, you know, like, and then when the players come back, if this is in the news cycle, now we start, the media starts asking them how they feel about working here. And then, like, I saw Ron Rivera say some quote about, like, I talked to the players and it's the opposite. Well, that's not what they said in this survey. It's not. So, like, we're, you know, what's the, <laughs> like, what's the truth, you know? Like, right. and now, like, think- so we're going to go ask star players on the commanders, do you hate working here? Like, I don't really, I, I just didn't see the purpose of publicizing something like that. Well, I think the the reason is to put pressure on these teams to change it, because I know these guys, it, it led to a lot of internal discussions, a lot of um, annoyance is a so- maybe a soft word for it. But I think yeah. the one the one thing that I think that bugged them here was the nutrition aspect because like the food here is actually supposed to be pretty good by and large. For it what is. I, I eat in that cafeteria. They yeah. have like a really good chef down there. I don't know what it was before Rivera because I wasn't back here again. But like I, you know, better. because I do some shows down there, I eat down there. So I like I have some like I travel with them. I eat with them. I can't speak for the players, obviously, but there were some of the complaints that I just were was kind of like, oh, okay, maybe I just have a different mindset about it. Like I am grateful for some of these things and I don't see a problem with some of this stuff, but you know, I'm not, I'm not them. And, and you know, so, you know, I don't want to speak for them. Obviously. It, it also, you also have a lot of guys coming out of college, college programs that have probably a lot better facilities than most NFL teams. And the ones that ranked high on this list are all the ones with the new facilities, brand so- new facilities. Yeah. Like, no kidding. Like, go to the star. Go check it out. Go to Vegas. Go to Minnesota. Like, these are the highest rated teams because they have brand new facilities. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what Washington has is a really old facility. Kansas City ranked low because they have really old facilities. But they win every week. You know, like, so, like, that's why I kind of, like, there was no correlation between winning and losing. And honestly, like, the rankings, because Washington came in last, if you go look at it, I mean, the margin for error between the team that ranked 32nd and the team that ranked 18th is like nothing. Like it's the, it's it's practically the same. The players seem to have the same chief complaints about literally just just about everybody. And I I don't want to reiterate. Like I think that's important for them to have their say, and I think it's important to tell their employers what they don't like about their workplace. Like I'm all for that. I just didn't understand why that had to be publicized. And some of it came off as entitled because if you're going to sit there and go, we don't have enough first class seats on planes. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Really? That's your complaint? Really? Like, who wants to hear that? And who's going to be sympathetic to that? And who's in their job that gets that? Like, come on. Like, that's a little much. Yeah, the other thing, too, and and I think the other thing when you look at how this team can improve is this team, like you said, this team's going to be sold. And, you know, for all we know, something comes out next week. Who knows? But I think the the what they've had to deal with and, you know, in a general sense over the last few years. I think there's a feeling internally that that can, that can help them as well. Like they're not going to have to deal with a lot of the stuff they've had to in the past, which can that help? And, you know, that goes sure. part of playing here as well. Whoever is buying this team knows what they're getting into um, from a facility standpoint. 
Like they obviously, you know, everybody understands they have to get a new stadium and and I don't know how much money is going to come out of their own pocket to do it. They're going to have to negotiate with the politicians once they take over. But the training facility is going to be in question too. whether that's going to go wherever the new stadium is or whether that's going to be separate the way Dallas does it with the star and AT&T stadium in a different location in Dallas. I guess they'll have to figure that out, like whatever they want to do, um, you know, but like there's a lot of money that needs to be spent that will upgrade everything. So they're not just buying this team. They are buying real estate development and how much money personal money is going to have to go into that real estate development. Well, that's going to be very interesting, you know, for what that's, that's really, that's the big first next thing that the owners are going to have to, whoever the owners right. are going to have to do. And with. just, just from my standpoint, a lot of what they won't have to deal with is the questions every week about this thing or that thing or that thing. And from a player standpoint, like I know how much it can wear on them. And just how much, like, I would say people in this building are looking forward to not having that level of distraction and those kind of things that they have to deal with because it does wear you down. And I think it, it hardens you, but it absolutely has an effect. And I don't think sometimes guys realize until either they're out of it or until it's over. But that's another that's another form. How much, when you look at it too, when you look at like where this team is headed, when you factor in improvement, how much do you look at like, the changes in the offensive staff because there have been quite a few and how that what that that level of impact. Uh so I mean I expected when the enemy was hired that he would hire his own guys. I was a little surprised at the timing of John Matsko just because it seems a little late in the game to do that. Um but you know listen I mean if they're not on the same page they're not on the same page and I'd rather them do it now than do it later. You know that said you know, everyone, everyone like at the time thought it was really weird when Sam Mills was fired, like in the preseason and the defensive line had their best collective season by far, you know, after that happened. So, you know, I, I have to trust the process here. Um, you know, they, I'm not surprised the enemy's kind of plucking his own guys or deciding who he wants to work with. They should be that way if you're going to bring him in. And then, you know, I think it, this does go back to, I do think they have a lot of work to do here with the roster here. Um, and now the draft gets really, 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 really interesting because and where else do you think I, they should I, go with that? I don't think that they telegraphed what they're going to do now. I still think that that's an open question. Like if they had spent a little more than just modest money on corner, I would have thought that they're punting on taking a corner, but because they didn't do it, I think it leaves open the possibility for if one of the top two or three corners are there specifically Witherspoon or the guy out of Oregon, then I think they're going to jump on that opportunity. Um, just because I, I felt this, we talked about it. I felt they needed to address offensive line in free agency and the draft. Correct. I so nothing's changed will. in my mind. Nothing's right. changed. Like I think, I think they, they did the right things in free agency. It still doesn't mean they couldn't take the best interior offensive lineman at 16 or a tackle. If that happens, right. if the right guy happens to fall to them, I would jump on that too. And then the third position now that I think is really actually open again, because they did a couple of moves in free agency on the offensive line, the tight end crop this year coming out is very strong, like very, very, very strong. So I am now considering what they've done at these other positions. I could see them making a case that their first or second round pick is one of these six, five, two forty tight ends. Like, I don't know if you saw the combine clips of the, Back up at Georgia, who's like six six, making these one-handed catches. He's running four six forties, and he's like fourth on the list of like the draftable tight ends. I think that there's an opportunity here. So I think, you know, now moving forward, after Larson's back, Gates is back, Chase Roulier's future is very much in question. That's gonna have to be dealt with. Um, I, because I think 
stud tight end is now a possibility off of the moves that they've done here. Logan Thomas's future will probably have to wait out the draft. And then, um, you know, clearly corner needs to be addressed. So they got a lot of work to do here. Like they're not, to me, they're not, they're not done. Right. They're probably going to sit back and wait and get they're through the draft the, and then see what's left on the other side of it. Yeah. I think we'll see who gets cut eventually and all that. Yeah. I still like they're They need to still get addressed linebacker tight I end. I think is tight end. I think is interesting because I do know that they like, they still think Logan Thomas can return to what he was. However, if you have a chance to draft one of those guys, like you can't plan on that because the right guy has to be there. So you can't plan on that. Um, okay. Sorry. I didn't read a text. You can't plan on that um, being the case. So you're going to plan on Logan being there. But if, if you do get a guy, now you can get a young guy at a healthier guy. Cause my fear with that front Bram is you have, even with the interior of the line, you have chase Rouye off an injury. If they, if they somehow keep him, which, only on a pay cut, but you also have Tyler Larson off two years of injuries as well. And you have Nick Gates who came back off a gruesome injury. You need to get some more youth and, and fresh bodies up there and, and healthy bodies up there as options. And I would put Logan in that as well. Does he come back? Does he get back to where he was a couple, you know, two years ago as a, not just as a pass catcher, but as a blocker. And if you can get one of those guys, Hey, go for it. Because that if that if you feel that improves your team, you have to look at that. I wasn't for spending big money on that position, but drafting one, you know, that's that's fine. I do like those other young guys, and I do think, and I've told people this, and even on in some of these message boards or whatever, or on the comments, that you know, everybody wants teams to do a good job drafting and developing, but if they don't develop in three months, they want to get somebody new in there. And I yeah. think like Cole Turner and Rogers have are worth developing. Now, are they they're two-way guys? I think you could say, you know, inline blockers, maybe not. But that's why you can still look at that position. Like, I have no problem. Wherever you upgrade your team, you have to address now. And corner will be interesting because um, they do have more – I think they feel like they have more depth there. But, you know, I think you can always add a good one. It's always a position of yeah. Importance. The only other one I think, like it, I forgot to really mention here, linebacker needs to be addressed. Yes, again. they like, need another linebacker. Like they they have to get another linebacker, whether it's in the draft or Correct. free agency. Correct. And you know, here's the interesting part of that one: like you can get Cole Holcomb was a deal, his fifth round pick. Um, linebacker and running back are the most undervalued positions in the sport right now. Right. So I think you can pluck decent linebackers at really you know decent prices, like. I think the Dolphins got a steal on David Long at like five, six million a year. I think he's a very, very like good him. player. It's an, and he could be a difference-making type player at what is a very low rate and exposure against your cap. So I think you can go into free agency and feel very confident that you can get very productive players at low cap exposure rates, but they have to do it. Like, I don't know enough about Cody Barton to sit there and go, he's clearly an answer at middle linebacker, mm -hmm. and they still don't have a lot of depth there. It's no, still a very don't. thin position. So I, I feel like that 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 one, there's another person that yeah. needs to come in. There, there is. And I think like the guy that I mentioned will be Drew Tranquil, who play with the Chargers. And by the time this is out, maybe he signs somewhere else. Um, but he's a guy because he can play the Sam and he offers you that flexibility. With, the, with what you can do. I just think he's too expensive for them right now for what they need. But you need a guy who can play that strong side position if you use three linebackers or who can play that big Buffalo, like the be the jump. If they're facing a jumbo package, they want to go to the Buffalo nickel, then you use that guy there. So you need a guy like that because Cam Curl plays it 
other times. But if you can have a bigger guy like Holcomb, they were hoping, or someone else, now it offers you more defensive flexibility against various packages. So you need a guy who can fill that role. And I think that's something they'll look for, whether it's after the draft or during, I think you're going to look for that kind of guy. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's work to do here, uh, yeah. but it does circle back to, you know, this is intriguing OTAs. Like by the time they start practicing, we may know who the next owner is. Uh, we may have a sense of, you know, direction of the organization because there could be, I don't think there will be immediate turnover, but there could be, you know, you don't know. And then now we've got a very intriguing quarterback battle that starts and there's a lot of new pieces in here. And then there's the, the B enemy factor. We really don't know what their offense is going to look like. I mean, this is really, this is a big, big, big off season and it'll be very interesting as it gets started. But I agree. Like there's, there's pieces here that from, from just from a, just a general roster perspective, it's not complete yet. And I think no, we all know that. No, it, 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 there's no way it's complete. And again, I still go back to so much of it comes down to Howell's development, but I think they have a really good second option if he doesn't develop. And a lot of it isn't going to be, where is he at in OTAs? It's where do you think he's going to get to at this point in training camp, at this point in the season? Is he ascending? And where will he be the middle of the season, et cetera? Because if you don't think, if he's not showing that improvement, then you've got a really good second option and a guy who can certainly push them and you cannot relax. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett is not a Pro Bowl player per se, but he is a guy that he can go start and he knows it and Howell knows it and the coaches know it. Yeah. And so he's, Howell's got to play. He's got, I mean, he's got to show out. And if he doesn't, you know, the funny thing is, and we only got a minute left, but Brissett could end up being their best quarterback in the last few years. That's a possibility, but you know what? Like if Brissett beats him out and then I'd rather that we get that answer early than throw him out there and find out, you know, I don't think it's going to come early. So we'll see. I think they're going to want to wait and see and see how it develops. Anyway, Bram, thanks a lot for joining me. Um, fun talk as always. See ya. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me and thank you as always for tuning in. Deep breath, folks. I'll be back with another podcast Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. Talk to you next time.